What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Blockhash podcast. Before we jump into our episode, I have a quick message from our sponsor, Nitro Betting. Nitro Betting is a top Bitcoin and crypto betting site that allows you to place bets in casino games, sports books, racing, gaming, you name it. It's your money. You should be able to have fun with it too outside of traditional investing. So check out all the action at nitrobetting.eu. All links are in the description below. Enjoy the episode, guys. We'll hear more from Nitro Betting soon. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash, exploring the blockchain episode 355 here at uh, my friend's studio, Studio Elios, for today's podcast as I set up a new uh, podcasting studio in my new uh, place over the coming week. So bear with us today. We have a few different uh, looks and sounds and changes, but today we're going to have an awesome conversation with Michael. He's the CEO for Rome Network, and we're going to talk about blockchain networks, uh, decentralized networks, how these things kind of play together, what they're working on in particular, and what makes them very unique within the industry. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show today. Super happy and excited to talk to you. How you doing, man? Hey, Brandon. Yeah, great, great to be on the show. So thank you for inviting me and uh, looking forward for a great discussion. So I'm sure your uh, listeners are going to enjoy also this uh, interesting talks where the industry is going and how we can actually add real value to the technology, which essentially is uh, what we and all of the other projects are doing, right? Right. Likewise. Um, yeah, it's going to be an awesome conversation. Before we jump into it, we'd love to learn more about yourself as well. Can you tell us a bit more about uh, maybe your background and what you've done inside and out of the space kind of leading mm -hmm. up to working with Rome Network? Yeah, so happy to share some, uh, some of my background. So I'm a, I'm a telco guy. Um, I was. Uh, I would like to say that uh, I was a bit inspired by some of the uh, good old uh, freakers in the industry. There was this guy called Kevin Mitting, which was kind of infamous in the eighties and afterwards. So, um, and he was talking about uh, breaking the the telephone network. So I never did that. So <laughs> full disclosure. But I think I had the same uh, curiosity as him to actually understand how communication works and how people can actually communicate over large distances and uh, this is what I did actually I studied uh, telecommunication at the technical universities and I graduated and then I I followed my uh, my work to actually move to Finland back in mm -hmm. the year 2000 and I started working for Nokia Networks as it was called at that time the company I worked for the same company for 20 years almost 20 years actually living in Finland and Germany in uh, my native country in Bulgaria and back uh, during that time I actually built uh, some of the first uh, 3G networks of the world at that time we were building those uh, in uh, in Hong Kong and in UK and I was actually involved in a lot of different uh, evolutions of the of the telco space from the fact that we started using uh, cloud computing back in year 2010 then we started to look into the M2M and then IoT technologies and this was actually one interesting uh, analogy for me. So um, I was actually looking how the technology is being called for technology name before it started to be a real business. This was for the last 10 years the case with the IoT technology. 
we used to call them IoT when it was no business. And the moment that we started mm-hmm. calling them for what they are, like uh, smart metering or smart lighting or track and tracing, then they become just a normal business. And I think now this is becoming the same with the Web3. The moment that we start to use the Web3 technology for a real context, for a real industry, then it becomes yet another tool. I mean, for us, and probably we can discuss it later, but Web3 is just a way to optimize an existing business model. And I think this is uh, definitely needed because the existing models are not sustainable anymore. And this is what got me into the whole uh, merge of uh, telecom and Web3 technology. So basically the story how we can bring a constructive disruption, if you can introduce this term, because uh, the story goes that, um, yeah, there is a disruption, but of course it can destroy an existing ecosystem or industry, or we can actually bring it up. It can bring it to the next level of uh, sustainability, next level of efficiency. So that everybody from the users to the actual telco operators of the world can actually benefit from it. And that's uh, more or less our mission, or at least my mission now, to actually be able to use technology for its right purpose and to create uh, better uh, use cases for everybody involved in a community, in a community way. So that's uh, that's my definition of the Web3 so far. That's awesome, man. How are you planning and working on taking Web3 and integrating that into networks and you know the things that you've worked on prior in the past you know how are you guys building that into the roam network what does it kind of look like i mean so that's the i mean i would like to say million dollar but maybe more questions mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, i mean the, the simplicity is that probably most of the listeners don't know what the reality of the telecom network is so um, let's let's just maybe just share some very high level description. So what happens is that you need to have a, of course, your smartphone. This concretely is an Android phone, but any phone works in the same way. And this phone actually has a, a way to measure how to communicate with the network. And uh, what happens is that this phone uh, measures in real time the communication parameters to know where to send the data over the so-called air. The air is for us an interface. And these are the so-called uh, electromagnetic waves. And then the phones have a particular frequency that it uses as a carrier. So, and then inside that carrier, we have a lot of frequency bands that we can use to transmit data. So basically the phone communicates over the air to something which is typically on top of your house or on top of the building or in a tower. Mm-hmm. This is the mobile tower. And then from there, it goes to a, a type of connection, which is more or less like the internet. So that's the way how mobile networks have been working for quite a while. That's why they're called cellular networks because each of those towers cover a particular cell, right? And the cells overlap with each other, if I can use my hands to show it. And this is how you get coverage when you move from one cell to another cell, right? You you jump over or you hand it over. And um, the way or the way how the networks work, of course, is that to build a coverage, you need to build a tower and the tower spreads the network or spreads the radio frequency around the space. And of course, the different this frequency or the or the carrier is, the larger the cell or the smaller the cell, so so that it doesn't interfere or doesn't block the other cells next to it. So this means in a in a let's take any of the cities of the world. Typically, we have tens of thousands of those cells overlapping with each other, which is, as you could imagine, is a very complicated network. Um, I think most of the people would think about the network like if they actually in their uh, kitchen and they see a lot of the kitchen lights interfering with each other or actually putting some uh, light on the kitchen counter 
and you can imagine that if the light is not uh, reaching all the spaces there is some blank spot and these blank spots are the problem of the mobile network they have to be filled in so that people would have the coverage or again analogy in the kitchen light the actual line in all the possible spaces and this is where with the update of the technology from the 2g to 3g now 4g and then 5g and whatever 6g there will be need for more spots to be filled in because you need to have higher speed and need to have higher quality and this is where the networks need additional support so sensing of the network from the from your phone we can actually aggregate the data we can analyze it and then we can offer it to the mobile network operators or anybody else for that matter that can create an insight or can actually improve the network coverage for you so what you're getting is that when you contribute by installing the roadmap and uh, and actually measuring the quality of the network near you you're also getting a better network at the end because the operators will be able to improve the network for you because you're their customer on top of it of course you're going to receive some reward because you have contributed to create a better service and this data and this service has some value to a paying customer and we know who that paying customer is and that's why we can actually analyze the data and offer it to them so in essence uh, that will be a very simplistic way to describe how we are helping build a better network so we'll be collecting the data from your sensor device from your measurement device will be actually analyzing this data and offering the data to a paying customer which happens to be your mobile network operator and they'll be able to get this data and create better service for you and of course reward via us to you also for your contribution got it yeah thank you for Does the it overview. Make sense or is it too complicated I mean, no makes sense it makes sense um so users use the rome app and on the rome app that data is what is contributed back correct yes so basically yeah. for the data that you or for the measurements that you create or for the we call them reports that you create mm -hmm. you're going to receive a uh, uh, certain uh, rewards mm -hmm. again in the in the plant uh, in the plant web3 uh, uh, mechanism that will be subject to market regulations but mm -hmm. of course uh, we have to be careful what we disclose now but I think uh, we now know that in Europe, especially where we registered the MICA regulation stipulates what we can give and what not. So definitely want to make sure that uh, whatever you receive is uh, all according to the regulation that uh, is allowed and possible. Mm -hmm. And this uh, and this reward, you can actually, uh, you can use it, you can keep it, and uh, you'll be able to use it even to create additional rewards for you because you'll be able to perform additional tasks that would require certain level of expertise that uh, probably would like uh, more experienced users who use that have uh, more interest to contribute to perform rather than uh, just the people that uh, are just quick speculators mm -hmm. got it yeah that makes sense is this something um that's allowed in other countries as well or is it just kind of like a country by country basis that you have to assess like could you do this in the united states as well as in europe as well as in asia or are there certain places where this is a lot more difficult to implement I mean, no, for us, the technology is quite straightforward. So okay. what, what we're going to do in the beginning, uh, while we evaluate uh, what can be uh, officially awarded to the users, we can uh, distribute to the users uh, a type of a point system that we call credits. Again, nothing to do with a credit card, just call them credits. And of course, uh, afterwards, we can transfer them to 
the actual token of appreciation that uh, is allowed per market of operations. Let's put it this way. Um, we, it looks like uh, we could be qualified as a utility or as a security token. It depends again on the market regulation. I cannot confirm it now. It's subject mm-hmm. to a lot of uh, legal work still to be done, but um, we are positive that this would happen. And uh, for the contribution that you collect anyhow, so all the credits, they will be transferable to uh, the next step, which again, we'll be disclosing when we have uh, the actual com- information to be shared to the community for, yeah, to be certain about, let's put it this way. Yeah, so it works everywhere, just to confirm your question. Um, the problem or the actual story is that uh, this kind of data and this kind of value uh, is non-transitient. So this means that there will be always need for high quality measurement and contribution from users so that uh, your local mobile operator can build better network for you. They don't have this possibility to do it themselves. And uh, this value that you distribute is only going to increase in time because the mechanism that we're now uh, planning uh, with a limited amount of uh, value to be distributed means that uh, yeah, the value is actually being burnt and uh, disappears afterwards. So if you hold it, now you receive more in the future, a bit less, but still the value would increase because it's uh, a type of a, a value that doesn't come out of thin air. So that's uh, that's the thinking. Um, and again, the idea is planned that uh, uh, for the future tokenomics that we plan, we want to make sure that uh, there is a fair reward uh, to the user and that uh, the data that we collect and distribute to the paying customers is uh, sourced in a sustainable way. And actually, this is also part of the proposition. Um, again, talking about what we can do around the world and mm-hmm. I think everywhere in the world now people are concerned about uh, sustainability and what happens with my contribution or my data and um, even buyers of such data actually are asking how is this data sourced and uh, this is again part of um, to answer your first question part of the reason why we chose web3 technology and why we are a web3 project because web3 allows this kind of a sustainable redistribution of value between the community members and for that and for us this is actually quite important we really want to make sure that everybody in the ecosystem understands uh, that uh, that consequences of their actions and uh, we want to educate even the buying customer that they should care about how this data is sorted and not buying data from a source that is just taking it behind your back with before i mean without you actually understanding what is happening without you getting anything in return for your services Absolutely. And I think, you know, community in this type of project is very important, especially when you're building out an incentivization system that's going to make people use the application, use the the mining devices for the for the Internet. You know, you want to build a huge ecosystem of users that continue to use it so it stays sustainable. So um, I totally agree with you on that community being very important, how they're, you know, properly incentivized uh, going forward. Can you tell me more about the Rome Infra as well? I know that your network miners are something that are coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, curious what that's going to look like in terms of how it provides coverage and if it's similar to the Rome app in terms of its incentivization model as well. Yes, it's a very good question because the, if you think about the logic, so, okay, we I know that in my place now the coverage is not that well because i'm only in 4g and i have certain levels of the signal that is low and signal noise ratio is low and i'm uh, on a band that doesn't have enough bandwidth so so what's next right mm-hmm. uh, what's next so when the op when the actual your local carrier detects that uh, this is the situation 
and they see that there is enough customers that complain about it, so paying customers, then they have to do something. Hey guys, quick message from our sponsor, Nitro Betting. Nitro Betting takes your desire for anonymity seriously and allows you to play without the need to worry about identity checks and personal information. It's a betting site, not an investment site, so you should be able to just have fun. As a top trusted Bitcoin betting site, Nitro Betting truly has got your back. Now, back to the episode, guys. Same as the kitchen counter. If mm -hmm. uh, we have a dark spot and the existing lights cannot shine light on it in the, in the right uh, quality that you want, then uh, what you do, you just put another kitchen light. And this is what the operators will do. Just put another equipment that would actually be able to serve the users in this particular place that there is a bad service. And that comes the problem. So in 5G, in order to do that in a dense urban area, this is uh, a very expensive exercise. So it actually costs uh, 50 to 100 thousand dollars only to put the equipment in place, sometimes even without the equipment price, because it's a very expensive to get permissions, very expensive to make the build, to put uh, cables if needed, or to put uh, microwave links for the wireless connectivity to the, to the mobile site. That's why the story of uh, decentralization also comes as a matter of optimizing that investment. And the story goes that uh, via the wrong infrastructure, the operator can actually allow uh, a community-built uh, part of the network, like uh, a community-built 5G base station, to be operational and to be able to serve uh, their customers and their traffic. And in exchange for the fact that the community member has actually built the network and, or built the piece of the network built in this space, then of course the operator can um, can pay for the traffic. And this is a very straightforward uh, business model which is already existing in the telco space that the operators pay for this kind of infrastructure. It actually it's typically called uh, active infrastructure sharing. And we actually have done uh, further optimization on that active infrastructure sharing by adding the Web3 component. So the component of clearing the value between the parties, between the party offering the service and the party buying the service. And this is also what is visible if you check our YouTube channel. We have a short demo on that, which you can show how I can buy traffic from a 5G or 4G base station with my uh, MetaMask with a wallet. A very simple demo. But the same technology can be used for the actual owner of the equipment, which again can be a community member and the actual buyer of the traffic, which could be the local mobile operator to exchange value. Interesting. Um, what what does your guys' timeline look like for rolling out this stuff for the Rome network? You know, have you started rolling out some of the um, Rome infra as of yet, or is that like later on the time horizon? Uh, what do you guys want to kind of get accomplished here in 2023? I know we got like a couple months left. Yeah. So in uh, in 2023, we plan to uh, focus on the um, on the Rome app. Um, mm -hmm. and the Roma analytics uh, console. So um, this is the actual capability for the users to join the community with the minimum investment because they can just use the smartphone. Mm -hmm. And the console is the, uh, uh, is, the, um, yeah, is the console that the paying customer can use to get access to the data and to the analytics that uh, the data can provide for them. And we plan then to add to the console the additional capabilities for the operators to... Uh, check and uh, identify the spots that they would need the additional coverage and based on that to add interaction so that the users can decide if i want to invest more i can buy a couple of thousand euros or dollars worth of equipment put it there and sell the traffic so this would happen next year so we plan this year to focus on the console and on the app 
again if you want to contribute more now you can just uh or let's say in couple of uh yeah in couple of weeks now so weeks and counting you'll be able to download the rom app even be part of the initial uh initial uh genesis type of a users that will be able to get uh, the app in specific markets get uh, all the information all the data learn how it works and then uh, continue continue working on supporting the ecosystem to build better networks by deciding to invest even more to get their own infrastructure all up and running awesome man no that sounds fantastic um is it going the Rome app going to be on both android and iphone or or just one of them at the moment due to the limitation in the in the ios uh, we're only working on the android mm -hmm. and um the story goes that uh, the ios does not give uh, to application access to this measurements data that we need so to measure the actual receive or reference signals and power indicator quality and so forth um again why i mean we can ask apple but uh, maybe users can complain to apple and apple can open it up um we have received some requests even to hack around with the uh, ios so we can take screenshots of certain menus and then import them in the app but it's not interactive enough it's not real time it validates a bit uh, i mean it violates not a bit but it violates probably the terms of usage from the uh, itunes so we stick for now to the to the android and the play store um arguably arguably there is enough users having android so this should be enough uh, enough for now but um again if the community wants it and uh, also operator want it so most likely we're going to think how to how to hack it or how to make it in a sense that uh, this could be possible got it one more question before we start wrapping up i want to kind of get a high level answer as well to i think web3 and maybe where that can take telecom networks you know how do you see like the future of that shaping up now that we have technology around decentralization and web3 um you know is it something that supplements networks in the future do you think it fully replaces it how do you think it, it fits in yeah good question um i'm I don't have a crystal ball to see the future, but mm -hmm. if you look at the trends, most likely um, crowdsourced as it was known before, but now crowdsourced with an actual uh, monetization option and uh, capability to, to deliver the value, which is what Web3 brings, probably is going to reach significant market share in the next uh, couple of years. Mind you, for telecom, a couple of years could be five years mm -hmm. <laughs> or even more. And significant market share here could mean uh, more than 10%, so probably 10 to 30%. So what we could expect is that uh, Rome networks or similar technology could reach 30% uh, around of the actual value that uh, would be served in the industry. Again, the telco business is about uh, 900 billion value per year, and this is a conservative number. So. Um, here we're talking about 300 billion value that could be served by the decentralized technology and this is only one one industry right i mean we still have plenty of other industry that could be supported by uh, web3 so i think i think this is uh, more than enough value that we can unlock here in our space um even if it's not that high i mean still the value is uh, significant enough for us to be present and uh, we believe that we can make a we can make a difference here not only because there is a value to be unlocked but because there is a there is a work to be done i mean with the decentralized technologies places that were previously not connected now can be connected 
people that previously had poor service now can determine or actually detect better the service report with and to get uh, yeah get their connection back up and running in and improved which was previously again very slow and tedious to do and on top of it even if they just use the raw map they'll be able to get a fair reward for the contribution so it's uh, only a, a positive outlook from that perspective but uh, yeah it's uh, would be uh, not so simple so of course everything uh, everything has to work in the context of uh, of time and uh, and space and uh, yeah what is allowed or not allowed to be done in the specific regulation and we are fully committed to work and help for that but of course we need the community support so this is a this is a shout to everybody that wants to join so let us let us know what uh, what you need in your market and uh, yeah if you're really keen to do it or what are we willing to do more than just install the app on the phone and uh, happy to take it in the backlog awesome where can people go if they want to join the community they want to be a part of Rome network um, they want to keep up to date you know as these things get rolled out such as the Rome app where should they go? Uh, the simplest and probably the easiest to remember will be the uh, Rome Network .xyz. So one word, Rome Network .xyz. Uh, on the website, we can see the actual links to our. Uh, is it what's the official way? X now or Twitter or what do you say? Twitter. I think it's this X. Stuff, X. That's all right, X. 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 All right, so X uh, X account and the uh, and the Discord and. Uh, can also connect to us uh, via any of the any of the possible means and uh, watch the space we can announce uh, on our website and all the social media when we'll be ready with the actual app to be launched but even now we're looking for uh, still for the late beta testers so if any of your listeners uh, want to actually join please feel free to reach out reach to us via the via the channels and then uh, we could happily give you a better version of the app so that you can actually start turning even earlier Perfect. Michael, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today and talk about what you guys are doing with Rome Network as well as how Web3 plays into telecom. I, I think it's a very interesting area, a very interesting niche and in industry, and one that's, um, I think at this point, quite old that you know needs to have an element like this to incentivize people, protect information, give people ways to, to earn, uh, contribute. I, I think it's very fascinating very excited to see how that shapes up thanks brandon thank you for having me and uh, yeah i appreciate uh, the time to share this news about uh, our project and uh, yeah looking forward to to collaborate more and uh, especially with uh, with your audience so let's uh, let's get in touch and uh, let's uh, let's keep roaming so <laughs> likewise stay in touch man take care we'll talk soon you guys final message from our sponsor nitro betting nitro betting gives you so many options to bet wager and play but the deep sports book from NFL to NBA to NHL, MLB, MMA, motorsports, poker, blackjack, esports, Rocket League, Call of Duty. There's plenty of diversity and choice. So go to nitrobetting.eu to experience everything they have to offer. All links are in the description for the episode, guys. See you on the next episode. <laughs>